0: Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Hungarian Football Podcast. Uh, What a weekend it has been in Hungary. Everything to play for in terms of relegation and uh, European qualification. And joining us as ever to discuss that this week is co-editor of HungarianFootball.com, Chris Barrett. Hi, Chris. Hey, Gabby. And founder of HungarianFootball.com, a journalist and all-round good guy, Thomas Mortimer. Hello, Gabby. How's it going? Excellent, mate. Excellent. Um, Guys, I'm guessing we've just about come down... Off of the high that was yesterday, there's only one place to start really, and that's in uh, in end Everything to play for. Um, Tom set us up. How was this? Uh, how was this game going to go?
1: Yeah, so it was it was awesome to just have something to play for on the final day. It's always good when we kind of get to that last day and. There's still a lot riding on it because I imagine that there's so many times when we it, it all looks like it's going to be amazing in a few weeks' time and then we get to it and like it's all finished uh, a bit like the title race this was this year, um, but with having kind of something to play for at the bottom of the league, it yeah it sets us up for an exciting day and then even more exciting than that is when two of the uh, two teams who could go down are playing each other, which just makes it so exciting. Obviously, Kishvader and uh, kind of or your pests were still in the mix as well. Um, your pests obviously end up battering caposh five nil and they needed to lose three nil anyway, so they were kind of basically not in it anyway. Kish they scored a couple of early goals in the um in the first half so they they were basically through um staying up at half time playing a DBTK team who had just been bad. Since coming back from lockdown, um, so basically it was all on Debretsen versus Poch. I remember you saying at half time it feels a bit flat, this, and it really did, to be honest. potch were much the better team in that first half, um, leading 1 0 at half time. Debretsen, who have kind of well, they've just been bad, at, like DBTK, since coming back from lockdown looked bereft of confidence, bereft of any quality, and in that first half they looked exactly the same um, I mean Poch could have been 2 or 3 nil up at half time they were kind, Debrecen were kind of lucky that they were not I think they, I think Debrecen only had one chance in that first half and like you said on Twitter it felt flat and it really did it just felt like it was just going to peter into nothing um, but it didn't the second half got a little bit exciting
0: Chris, I I uh, also tweeted that it felt like a friendly match. Um, there was a few breakaways that Pox had um, where they were just messing around. They looked like a three-on-one at one point and Boudet was was like messing it up massively. If you were watching this game as a neutral and didn't know what was standing, you wouldn't believe that Pox were in serious trouble of going down, would you? It was like they weren't taking it seriously at all.
2: No, especially in the second half, and I think um, uh, Gaber Ostermeyer was was uh, he he made a comment, I guess, at the end of the, after the, the the match, saying that he can't believe he had thirty four year old players in uh, that situation and they still couldn't defend properly or something to that. And um, so it was it was very clear that he was frustrated. You could tell too throughout the second half that there was just growing concern on his face. Um, he was sweeping his fingers through his hair a lot <laughs> it's just you it, know you you really didn't know and um uh you know it, it got to that point towards the end and I, I think that's where we're heading here where um uh, things started to to rap, ramp up pretty fast and then to see uh Davidson come so close uh, I think it was um something Ari that hit the post with a with a weak shot and then Ferenczi's she's crossbar shot that what popped down onto the goal line. Um, was that the one that you were screaming on, Tom? Yeah, it was. I think I think <laughs> I think I was actually
1: screaming on the one that hit the post as well. But I was e- screaming even more on that second one. It was yeah. the build up.
2: <laughs> it was. It was just. It was just relentless, wasn't it? Towards the end, and um, it w- really would have been interesting to see them uh, take that because I do think they deserved deserved it at the end. Um, you know, Pucks should have gone up 2-0 at the end of the first half, but they really messed messed that up. And, um, yeah, it's just really hard to say what was fair there. But uh, I, I think, you know, towards towards the end of the match, I think we all felt like we had just been through something. <laughs> it was definitely fun for the neutrals to watch. But uh, to answer your question, uh, Gabby, no, I, I don't think anybody would have really um, thought that Pucks were really – A team that was playing, trying to play their way out of trouble or play for their lives. Tom, you'll have to
0: explain this bit of audio for us. Oh my God, can you believe it?
2: Oh my God! I
0: a fantastic piece of just passion and everything like that and just sums up the madness of hungarian football last seconds of the game it's just phenomenal isn't it it's a good job we have goal line technology in hungary
1: yeah on it well that recording i genuinely didn't know that I was being recorded at all i didn't even I, my <laughs> laptop i don't even know why why that was even recorded because when i was just about to upload it i was like what what's that shouting?" and i was like oh my god that was me i i i i would just basically just got carried away like i remember on the corner before that like ference was about to take the corner i was like i was shouting at the screen for that i was like why is Turge not taking this corner and then, like Terje did, end up taking it, and then it fell to Jacques Mari and he's like six yards out, and somehow hits the post. I think he got a slight deflection off. I think maybe it might have been Sabo on the on the um, on the goal line. He flicked it onto the post, and then next corner somehow I've never seen Terje run as fast as he has, he did <laughs> to to get over to the other side to take the corner, which was about 20 seconds after ball comes in. Uh, I, can't, I think it was Kevin Varga kept it alive at the back post, whipped in another ball. First shot gets blocked, and I'm shouting at that point. And then to Ferentzi, probably the man who you wanted to fall to, because he's got such a lovely left foot, and it hits the bar. And I don't know if about you guys, but I thought it was in. I really it, on on first viewing, I was like, "That's miles in." Yeah. And then he, and then I'm like, "What?" And then you see the replay, and it does just bounce on the line. And it's incredible, like, football, like, how, how it's such a game of small margins. sends um, complete uh, dismantlement and painful, um, slow and enduring demise kind of could have been saved by, like, in the most... Ridiculous, dramatic, and undeserved way because they were they didn't at all in that second half even look like scoring. And then Gergo Roch comes out with about 20 minutes to go, completely misses the ball, and Debretts sends score. And then, like Chris said, last five minutes, last 10 minutes, it was just like the Alamo. like pumping ball after ball after ball into the box, and it was the only way Debretson were going to score, I said it with about 30 minutes to go like, it was going to be something special it was going to be a mistake, or it was going to be a set piece and the only time that Debretson actually looked dangerous was from those set pieces at the end and obviously Rocha's massive mistake like, it, it was just crazy drama, I don't think of I can't think of many other games where I've seen such a crazy ending, and and like a, the score not change, and it also makes it so much more exciting that Poch were the beneficiaries of that, it wasn't can you remember a few years ago when David Teikar played against Vidi, and Potkai hit that 25 yard strike in the last minute, and it hit the bar and came down, and that would have sent David Teikar down this is different, because this, this, that goal would have sent Poch down as well, so like they're celebrating, and then obviously the final whistle goes literally one kick after that ball hits the bar bar and then yeah they're celebrating like absolutely mad and then the ultras come onto the pitch and try to take the shirts off the players I'm going football They like, bloody hell
0: exactly that and chris like you know no one likes to see these scenes and as, as tom said fine margins the same players would have been lifted on the ultras shoulders albeit for a couple of millimetres. But as it was, they all came onto the pitch. They stripped the shirts off the players. Um, it, it was ugly. That's that's something we really, really don't want to see, isn't it?
2: Yeah, of course not. I mean, you, you, you want... I guess, I guess ultimately you want your supporters to come in and to, um, you know, appreciate everything that you've done <laughs> as a player, uh, not have your kit ripped off. You know, it just seems... Uh, pretty selfish and a little destructive and, uh, not, I mean, not destructive necessarily in a property thing, but just in the fact of, you know, trust, you want to have that supporter trust, I think between supporters and the club and the players and all that kind of, and then you, you kind of think, well, you know, why are, why are players assholes sometimes? Well, it's because, you know, sometimes you have supporters that take advantage of something like that. And that's, you, you don't want that, you know? Um, you really don't want that in the game. You don't want that in the relationship between the supporters and the and, and the players, for sure.
0: And Daniel Tozier, is how we mentioned, is uh, his farewell. Um, an amazing career that guys had um, spanned across Hungary, Belgium, and England. Um, I felt so so bad for him. One of the ultra guys, Tom. Uh, carried him over there. He he couldn't even lift his head up to to look at them. That guy was hurting massively. Um, How can the Ultras do that to him?
1: Yeah, I know. Some like... I mean, I imagine Terje, when he came back to Hungary, would have had every team in the league queuing up um, for his signature. And he chose Debrecen. I mean, against his... Best judgment, obviously, like because I mean, I suppose they got into Europe last season, but he, he would have known that he was joining a team that was kind of falling apart. And for him to go there is just an amazing thing for that club. And he was he was playing with nothing all season. I felt so sorry for him. I think we said on the show a few weeks ago, he, he's got nothing around him. He, he needs players to to help him tick along as a footballer. Um, you think, you think if you, he was in that Frodi team, he, he'd still be class. He'd still be one of the better players on the pitch. Um, but in this Debretson team, he's just got nothing around him. And, and I felt sorry for him all season. I felt even more sorry for him on on Saturday. Obviously, to see him like that at the end, I, he's just he's just one of the good guys. Basically, um, I remember I don't know if you remember this, but um, he was on Soccer AM all those years ago. Remember. Yes. Um uh, when um when they were doing all that the Genk bus the Genk thing bus. and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, and he's it, it, played with some amazing players. Uh, you tweeted um yesterday and, and the video was out there of um of Kevin De Bruyne and Thibaut Courtois wishing him well in retirement because he was their captain. He's
0: the highest regarding Genk. He absolutely uh-huh. is.
1: Massively, like he was, a, he was a qual, he was quality for Genk, and that was when Genk were like really good. They won the league. They got into the Champions League that time, um, and that was when the Genk was all the, all the rage or whatever. And Terje was their captain back then. Um, and then he went to, I think he went to Italy for a little bit, played a few games at Genoa, and then went on loan to Watford, where he was also adored. Like you speak to Watford fans, they absolutely loved him. Mm. Um, never, never played in the Prem for them but was one of their better players in the season. They got promoted. Um, unfortunately, yeah, never got that, that, that move to the prem. I think that they probably just thought that he, he, I think he was about 30 then and didn't think that they wanted to, to build their team around him. Cause I mean, a lot of, a lot of their team was built around the way he plays. Um, so he went to QPR, didn't do great, but, and then came to Hungary in and Debrecen, like he's had an amazing career. And for it to end like that, someone said it was poetic I mean it was poetic, but it was a sad poem. I mean, I did a much much more um, I wish I'd have it wish the poem would have been a bit sweeter and he'd have banged in a twenty five yard free kick to keep them up. <laughs> but hey, what is life?
0: It it's funny because um we at the beginning of it, when we started these pandemic podcasts, we all kind of agreed that Deborah and Sam were looking like they were gonna go down. Um it's a massive shock that they've gone down. Don't get me wrong. It's a huge, huge club that's, that's now in the, in the second division. Um, But we kind of expected it. But in recent weeks, a 2-2 draw with Pushkas Academy, a 1-0 win over Wipest, a 4-0 win over Diosdior, a 1-0 win at Mezakovest, and then obviously fi- finalised the season with 1-1. If I'm a fan... I would have been expecting them to go down just like we were in the back of my head. However, that fighting spirit that they've shown over these past weeks, that would be enough for me to stand there and and applaud them, which I'm hoping a lot of the fans in the stadium did. But these guys have taken it to another level. The angry scenes in the VIP sector uh, after the game, the club owner was having an argument with the Ultras, Asking them what have you done for the club? Um, that's not going to end well. It took um, two hours before the the players could get out of the changing rooms and leave the stadium. In fact, Poch had to be led out of a of a back exit. Um, the anger on the on the faces, like these guys were gutted that they've gone down, absolutely gutted as anyone would be. And you've got these guys ripping shirts off their backs. Um, the anger on a lot of their faces, like they weren't silly enough to fight back, but you could see the pure sort of, they were wound up by it and didn't want to give the shirts, etc. Chris, where does this club go next season? Because obviously they're angry at the owners. They're angry at the players. Are you hanging about if you're a Debrunsen player? A player
2: or a a supporter? A player. Um, um, yeah, if I'm a player, I, I, I guess I guess it all depends on where my interests lie. I mean, you know, playing in 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 the second division isn't going to be as sexy as playing in NB One. So I'm guessing those who are um, uh, have ambition, obviously, are going to be looking elsewhere. Um, obviously, the the, the money um, won't be the same, and I'm sure that's going to affect some things. Um, I can't. I, I mean, I really don't know when it, when it comes to this squad, who's going to stick around, um, you know, um, uh, and I, I don't think the scenes at the end of the season really endeared any of the players to the, to the supporting, uh, to the supporters at this point, because that's just, that's just awful, uh, to have that kind of thing. I understand you're upset. I understand that your club, uh, hasn't gone down in 27 years. Um, you know, I understand that you showed up with the biggest crowd of the season, um, you know, to, uh, to, to hopefully will them over the line. And it didn't happen. But, um, you know, uh, uh, where are they going? Well, they're going to the second division. <laughs> and as we've seen with, with some teams like Haladash and, and others, uh, there's always that fear of getting buried. But like MTK and um, you know, it, there's always the possibility of, of them turning things around. You know, there's uh, Elmer Kandash also, who just had the, uh, I think it was just the, the contract for six Six the last six games. What's he going to do? I, I don't know. I can't imagine him sticking around in the second division. Um, you know, as, as close and as much as I think he loves that club. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot of questions right now. Um, if I had to go down through the player list, I'm thinking of uh, Adonaji and uh, Garba and players like. Are they going to stick around? Highly doubt it.
0: Yeah, it's not going to be an easy league to get out of by uh, by any accounts as well. I think I think they're in for a a shock. It's like 27 years since they've uh, since they've been down there before, and and football's progressed a lot. And there's a lot of good sides in that second division. It's a lot of teams with a lot of money now as well. Um, obviously, Vosha smished out because uh, they you know the season was abandoned, but they're going to be as strong as anything next year as well, and. Um, Yeah, I really think they're in for a shock. Um, What annoys me is that those fans,
1: those fans, having a go at the players. Where have they been? mm. Like, they've not been there. Like, they having a go at the players. Like, it's not the players' fault. I I don't think. Like, it's it's incompetence at board level. I, I agree with like having a go at the the board because, like, they've just let this club disintegrate essentially um, they've not um, well all that Champions League money that I, I said multiple times that they've just not invested in the club and and almost ever since like that Champions League campaign they've just become worse as a football club they've won the title a couple of times but they should have built on that and, and developed into this into what Ferenc Varos are now and like Gabo Sima like Having a go at the fans—that's not gonna—that's not gonna go down well. I mean, he—he's—he's he's the person to blame it, not the players. The players probably aren't even good enough, and that—that's the—that's a reflection from board level. And also, like, why did they appoint Zoltan Vit- vitelke Like, what? It was just a, st- a stupid appointment. Like, he's got—he's had like no like track record of being good. they were kind they were I mean I think there were about five points from relegation when he took over. like it was just, it was a very silly appointment in the first place. and again from board level and like surely the fans need to look at themselves a little bit like they, they all turned up obviously for that final game of the season. They they've got one of the worst attendances in the league in in a massive stadium and that's not going to help the players, like playing in a massive bowl like that and it's echoing around and like there's barely any sounds audible from the crowd. Like, how can you react like that when you base when you, you get like two thousand fans every week?
2: I, right. Fact, I'm not a fan. They're they're the fourth highest.
1: Fourth highest,
2: really. Fair play. Yeah, behind. Um uh Friday um Zaler I guess egg, and uh it's still there i mean that they would be yeah um, if if like the way
1: that they act is like they're there like every single week they how many did they have like at the weekend like 9000 or 10, something so That's 6000 people there that, that didn't go do
0: don't go in a normal game oh, absolutely right. um a team that could quite have easily replaced a Debrecen in that uh, final position and be in NB2 right now. Um, adios, Stuart. um <laughs> Talk about a complete capulation, Tom. Um, they're another team that yesterday, the final whistle went. Um, the, the players came back out after a long, long time because um, the fans, the Ultras had stayed behind. Um, and demanded it. So eventually they came out and they stood on the edge of the area and were basically verbally abused for five minutes uh, before going off of the pitch. Um, what on earth? Because there is absolutely no doubt, Tom, these guys would have been in the second division if there was another one or two games left in the season. Yeah, they're,
1: they're lucky that they have downturn in form Came at the time it did, like you say, like one extra point from Parch and and like an extra win from Debretson and and they would have been doomed. Um It's interesting because when we spoke to Fernando um, all those weeks ago when we were in lockdown, Debretson were looking, um, David Tejkar were looking quite rosy. I think they were in with the Europa League show, not looking like they were going to be anywhere near the relegation zone this year. We were. I think me and Chris spoke off air about how, how kind of Fernando's um, they've kind of got better since Fernando left. Um, but, well, they didn't get much better, did they? Cause I think they basically finished in the same position that they finished in last season. And like I say, they would have gone down if it wasn't for um, well, just everyone else not quite being good enough. But, I mean they finished the season level on points with Potts and just two points above the Bretson losing the last five games of the season. I mean it's just terrible. And they've not even been playing any good teams. They've been playing a lot of the teams who are down there. They lost four nil to the Bretons. It's just Yeah, it's the way that they've been over the last few games It's, it's crazy. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they pick themselves up next season, if they make any signings or anything. It's interesting to see how Fetsco kind of picks himself up as well.
0: And Chris Pox, um, obviously we spoke about they were involved in that Debrecen game. Um, there's got to be some big changes at that club for next year as well. Um, age is looking like it's, it's taking its toll on this squad. Yeah.
2: <laughs> wanted to just say something about Dias They... Their defense fell apart. And you're right, Tom. And, you know, when we were looking at them at the uh, beginning of this COVID restart thing, they were in fourth place and they lost six of eight, like you said, the last five. And those last five, they gave up an average, uh, I think they gave up 15 goals in those five games. I mean, that's just, that's, that's just, (laughs) that's horrible. (laughs) And I, they, they weren't that team earlier in the season, you know, so, um, so there's a lot there. Yeah, Pox, just going back to your, your question now about them. Yeah, you're, you're looking at a team that needs to make some serious changes. And I, I've always thought of Pox as being one of those teams that they'll always make it. They'll always be right there, right around the middle of the table. They just seem to do just enough to, to get by. Um, you know, But we're looking at players now that um, are probably on their way out. You got Keshkish, who's 34. Um, Boda is 33. Uh, Bartha is 33. Um, Kulkshar is 32. I mean, you know, you're getting to a point where um, there, there are a lot of players that, that just need to either kind of move on or establish some other role. Um, but we did see some good players. Um, I I still, I'm still not quite sure what to think of Janos Han. I mean, I, I always kind of feel like he's, he does really well at the beginning of the season and then he just kind of turns into a, like a, a, a very thin piece of paper somewhere around mid season. And we just don't really hear a whole lot from him. I feel like he just has talent, but he just doesn't have any weight about him to really do anything in front of the goal, unless, you know, he's being untouched. And that's really impossible in this league. Uh, Kony is another player, too, that I think that gives them a rosy future um, because I think that he's someone that they could really look to to score. And I, I don't think that's something that they had uh, for years. We thought this year it would have been Boda that would have been that person, but it wasn't. And Connie's has come in and done just a just a bang-up job in kind of establishing himself in that. So, yeah, there's some changes that need to happen, but I think that um, you know it's good possibility that they can um, – um rally around some of the some of the younger players that they have i mean they finished the season um you know two wins in their last five they only had one loss and uh, they were scoring goals i mean they scored uh three against zalarguseg uh three against Kapishvar, four against um diaz jor so um that's not that's not what we typically came to know of pox being as a goal scoring team but they they seem to really uh uh, ra- ratcheted up a couple of uh, notches
0: towards the end of the season. Yeah, and 10 goals more than uh, Honved, who obviously finished the, the season in fifth place. So, yeah, yeah. there's definitely some there. But um, I, I just don't... It's like a rebuild is needed. Um, but obviously, with their policy of signing Hungarian players, it seems like they're always going to be going for that older generation of player Tom that might be leaving Friday or Vidi or something like that and is looking to play out their career
1: yeah I was going to say exactly the same thing really that, that's the only kind of they're the only players that you can get or you get the kind of the youngsters coming through from, from the likes of the second division teams um, like I guess everyone said there's not much youth in there um, there's not there's no kind of youngster it, it coming through and you're like oh he's exciting there's just nothing like that it's like almost like the whole team is it, are players that we've seen in mb one for ages like the likes of Ballo w- Windecker Bertus um, obviously birda Conviers Hahn that Chris just spoke about I mean it, it's just it, like you say it's just players that have played for other MB one teams and, and just left. Um even in defence you've got OSFAT, you've got poor. I mean Sabo's, Sabo's really good and obviously Hungarian international. Um but yeah, like how do you how do you kind of progress, I guess? You you need the players to be coming through and a few years ago they did have those players <clears throat> who came through your likes of your barta um, Horosti Bertels, um and I guess Windekere as well but they're all like they're all just aging and and they're all good they're all very good players for, in NB1 um, they kind of need a refresh now um, they need to flood some youngsters or something I don't know how well their are uh, how good their academy is or anything like that so Maybe they're struggling in that regard a little bit. I mean, Academy and where they exist in Hungary is, is kind of quite remote. So I imagine they can't attract the best Academy players in the world, which is a problem in itself when you and only rely on Hungarian players. Um, yeah, I think they'll be struggling again next season, to be honest. Um, Buda as well. I mean, he's just looked awful. I, 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 don't, I don't like to use the, that term that much or like something so disparaging but he has he's looked bad yeah. um like a caposhe for a kind of type player or something um and for him t- for the last two games of the season which you in two games where he, well they had to win a, in midweek and they had to get a result on Saturday and for him not to start in them two games that's crazy like f- for someone like Two years um four years ago he was playing in the um in the European Championships for Hungary. Two years uh, last season he was winning the league for for Ferenc Varos. and then this season he can't even get in the in the Poch team. Like, it's kind of it's kind of mad where he's at. I don't know if he came back from the break like overweight. It's hard to tell because he's obviously a big guy. Um but yeah. And I, I don't know what he's going to do next season. Is he going to stick around? Is he going to, I don't know. Show a bit more fight for his. I mean, he he grew up there. He, he's the team he came through, so he should have a lot of passion to playing for them, and have a lot of. And especially over these last few weeks where they needed him more than ever, he just didn't step up. It was other players that around him that did, and it's a good job they did to be honest um yeah it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see what they do next season and i'm i'm particularly interested in Birda because i mean after seeing those last few games i mean i think retirement might be on the on the horizon to be honest
0: yeah i think that's a good shout definitely um you know like you're saying it's it's good to have these these experienced players around young players but that's just not happening it's like an old boys club there at the moment um, Chris, just to stick with Pox for a minute, they're not the best supported club in Hungary and their their philosophy of being the, the only Hungarian club with only Hungarian players is very admirable and, and, and I do personally love it, I, I do. Sentimentally, it's brilliant. But do you not think maybe that there's the time now to maybe look at that policy? Because when we talk about signing foreign players in Hungary, they're likely to be Romanian, Slovakian, bordering countries, rather than, you know, sort of more exquisite places. Um, is that something the club need to look at if they're ever to push forward?
2: Well, I, I think it all comes down to wh- what are they trying to accomplish? You know, I mean, I think it's admirable that they've done that. And there's other teams in other countries that have done that. Um, obviously, they'll bow and, um, you know, other other countries do that. I just think we're living in a different world and I don't want to get political. That's not what I'm trying to do here, but I just think that we're living in a world that there's, there's so many good players that are out there. And, um, I'm, I'm guessing if I'm a supporter and I didn't grow up there, I don't, I've never been there. I have no idea. And there's a possibility of getting better players so that your club can succeed. I definitely think you have to start looking, you know, um, you know, there, there's there's a lot of nationalist pride. There's a lot of things that um, I'm sure that that they feel really good about. And yeah, there's a lot. I love the atomic strike. I think it's I think it's one of the best, smallest, best nuggets of joy in all of Hungary when it comes to the supporters. And I think they're they're great. They support the team well. But moving forward, um, yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's important for them if, if in fact they want to be. Um, Uh, aside with any ambition whatsoever uh, in today's day and age uh, in football, I think you have to look at the talent that's coming in because it is coming in. Um, And we could see, it was so funny looking at the, um, the, the the starting 11 sheet um, between the two clubs yesterday and just seeing how many different flags were on one side and then seeing the straight lineup of Hungarian flags on the other. Mm -hmm. Um, They've, they've done, an admiral job and i think that most of us can sit back and say yeah you know what you've done your country proud you've done a great job of doing that but it's another world and it's just my opinion but i think that um in today's football you really have to do you really have to um look at what's best for the club and there's other talent that's out there that that um you know if if they would open it up that they might be able to attract and i think that would be good for the club good
0: stuff and um, the team that finished just above the Austria finished the season in 8th uh, Tom's favourites, Kishvada. Um they certainly don't shy away from a foreign player as well um, Tom a good season for them in the end um, they could have gone down on the last day but when it comes to the history books it will show that they finished in 8th place what did you make of them
1: yeah it's kind of funny isn't it how 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 they were basically in chance of going down on the final day, and they have finished just one point behind ZTE, one point behind well, Olypse, just two points behind Honved in fifth. Um, it's kind of mad. I, I mean, I have psyched them off a few times uh, <laughs> over the past few weeks, but I kind of warmed to them, to be honest. Few times. <laughs> so, maybe a bit overly harsh, but I kind of warmed to them over the last last few games there an eclectic bunch like you like you say there's a a few Brazilians in there there's Lucas who's obviously I think uh, basically a Hungarian now he's been he's been here for ages um the captain of their side I really like him I think he plays with a lot of passion um little and a bit of quality as well Fian just well I don't know he's not very good but he just kind of bumbles around He It's kind of that typical American South South American striker who's very passionate and aggressive. He's almost like a like a very shit Diego Costa. Um, And then you got like players like Sasa, and it's a very kind of very weird team. Like a tiny village in Hungary uh, with a little bit of money. And they've just got loads of these journeyman players from around the world. It, they're literally the... They're like Potch in the sense that they're a little village team, but they're almost like the what Potch could be, I guess, maybe if they brought in all these players. Uh, yeah, they're very random. And fair play to them um, for punching above their weight yeah, again to finish... to finish. Um, well, yeah, eighth in the end. Yeah. Um, because you look at their team, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of players in there. You'd say, or oh, he'd get in almost any team in the league. Like, I mean, Debetsen's team's not great, but you probably wouldn't take many of those players that are in the kishvader team. I think you'd probably take. I think Potch teams much better on paper, but they, yeah, they've they've done well. They, they play with a lot of they play with a lot of heart, which is which is fair enough. And and maybe credit to Bodog. I know he's not liked in in our circles, but fair play to him. Um he had a lot of passion inside him and he was tipped for big things managerially and he started quite well at Davetekar. And this is kind of a uh a second chance for him, I guess, and he had to keep um Kishvada in in the league if he has any um managerial aspirations at all um, and and he did just about so um, yeah fair play to him I've slagged him off but fair
0: play to him <laughs> and Chris what do you see as a building block for, for these guys do you think these guys are going to struggle next season or do they build from this I mean off the field, they've kind of done things the right way. The stadium's odd; it looks very odd. Um, it's brand spanking new. Well, okay, a couple of years old now. It 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 can hold five thousand people. So as good as it will ever get for Kishvada, you'll only get five thousand people um, turning up to watch them. Level expectations got to be really low. What does the club do? Does it does it invest? Try and move forward. Stick with what it's got or prepare to be in a relegation struggle next year?
2: Well, first of all, that that stadium is very red, isn't it? (laughs) It's it's just just so red. Um, It's the cheapest color of seat, I'm told. I guess. (laughs) uh, um, I don't know. I I have a weird affinity for it, and maybe it's just because I'm a mutt. You know, and I don't have huge ties. I, I love watching teams. And, Tom, you mentioned they just – they came out with spirit. They had some fight. Um, they have a number of Ukrainian, Romanian, <laughs> Brazilian players that have just kind of come in and formed this this thing that we thought, man, last year – and I, I'll say it over and over again. The beginning of last season, we thought it was going to be one of the worst teams in Hungarian uh, top flight history. And they turned it around, you know. Um and uh, I think um, Lassolo Daika had a, had a really big part of that, but, and he now he's at Unbed. But um, but seeing seeing them finish the season the way they did, and yeah, and they didn't. Uh, they they had to do without uh, some players. They had to uh, they had their own things uh, that they had to go through as well. Um, but um, you know, moving forward, I think this is a team that um, doesn't have a bad group of players to build off of, you know, Viana isn't that great, but I do think that, um, you know, Claudio Bumba is still a talent. Um, You know, you, you have uh, Patrick Tischler who came back home, I guess that's where he's from. And um, he's still a a bench player, but um, I think he, he adds a little bit of tie to the community a little bit. Um, We've got a pretty solid keeper in Dombo, Um, you know, um, I, I guess going through the team, I, I, there, there's nobody that stands out. Like you said, Tom, there's nobody that anybody is going to pick. If you had a draft of the entire team, um, thinking maybe Kravchenko, um, uh, Bumba, maybe uh, Melnick, um, maybe Rados Protic, but that's, that's about it. There's not a whole lot that I think anybody would just pick off that club to add to their, to their team. But it works somehow. You know, and, and they're they're managing to um, uh, to get here it, without a whole lot of history either. I mean, um, was it was it their first season last season in the top flight?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, argued, yeah. That being their first season in the top flight. Now you have a team like Pax, who's been there forever, it seems, um, who uh, aren't dipping into the foreign market, and then you have a club that has come in and it's no holds barred. Let's just see what we can do to stay up, and you know they're doing pretty well, holding their own. I think for them, stay the course, keep signing players, keep working on. Hopefully, finding um, some young players to add to that. Um, I don't think they'll ever have any aspirations of Europe. I don't think they'll have any aspirations of um, uh, of you know a podium spot. Who knows? They might get lucky, but um, you know, I think for a, a small town club like that, I think they're doing as well as you can hope for.
0: Like I say, they they finished the season in 8th place um, the, the teams that we're going to discuss after um, are big clubs uh, Barm, Mezekovesh and Pushkas Academy of those 5 teams that are from 8th to 12th uh, obviously Kapushvar deserve an honourable mention for playing 33 games and winning 4 <laughs> drawing 2 <laughs> and 27 of them um, scoring <laughs> the 20- DVT gave 3-0 though didn't they about yeah, 5 games ago 27 goals scored and 80 conceded. That's <laughs> 80. quite phenomenal for a team that, like, walked to the second division last year. Um, so out of those five teams that we've mentioned, Debrecen are a big club as well. We know that. I want to read you a tweet. This is from the mayor of Sekesh Okay? He's tweeted, Debrecen, Djur, Seged, Page, Sombatai, Mirichhaza, Ketch Kemet, Bekeschaba, there is no first fo- first team in the first football li- uh, our first league league are you sure this helps football hungarian football i don't think so is he right
1: yeah that's, that's kind of mad isn't it really it is uh, mad. did did he, yeah. did he say page as well he did yeah 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 yeah, yeah. like uh, i'm just looking at the eight biggest cities eight biggest cities in 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 Hungary and only two out of the top 8 have first team football that, that's kind of mad and mm. um, well I, even if i look at like right, if we if we like name the top 20 got budapest debrecen seged miskolc Pej, job the Haase, kecskemét sekesferba Sombatai, solnok ed atotabanya szopron kaposfareveschprém vekeskoba bekesk be shelbot uh Eger. uh so like how many how many are there like three or four of the well,
0: biggest city. are obviously you know from Egér. so that's like yeah. you know new enough um but from from a lot of these teams tom um Bardzir, obviously um who who were a major force in Hungarian football same time that debretson were as well it was you know those those guys fighting. Of these teams before that we've seen in the first division, the support hasn't been there to back them up, though, has it? No. It's not what these guys have been demanding like first team football. They just don't seem to have been. Jur obviously have had their own issues off the field, um, which has led to them reforming. Um, but of these other teams, okay, Seged are phenomenally support is well supported, new stadium. They're gonna push on next season in the second division, definitely. But of the others, um purely on attendance wise, what will they add like to the competition?
1: Yeah, I I yeah I agree. Um like we've had a lot of those teams in that in the top division, um reasonably recently. Uh you think of Bekastrobar um, I mean, Kapošvar, like one of the biggest cities, like not, didn't really bring much in terms of fan culture. Um, obviously, I support Holodosh, but like, their fans aren't exactly great, or they didn't really light up the the um, the league. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's I think it's fair. Like, I think they've got to do more in that city to tap into the in, into the community to and. Promote the football culture. Um, like you can't. You, yeah, you, the mayor has uh, makes a good point that a lot of the big cities cities aren't in well, aren't represented in the top division. But that, like like you say, they don't really bring a lot in terms of fan culture. Like obviously, Miss Gulch and David Car is very different, uh, and obviously the teams in Budapest. You, hate to, I mean, I'd kind of like to see all your best get go down but in terms of what their fans bring they obviously bring something something different and something major but yeah, a lot of these cities don't so I don't think they're a massive miss and like you see Kishwada with whatever, like their town holds like 20,000 people or whatever but I mean and the, yeah, they don't get massive crowds but like at least they like there is a fan culture there. You see it every week. They're they're kind of quite loud as well, and they they really they really love it. And um, yeah, I mean, I, and I don't like seeing these these clubs like Kishvada. To be honest, the reason why I don't like them is because they're basically a team who's just been taken over by a rich person who has political ties, and they've just been catapulted to the to the top division. And I don't like to see that happen. And it's the same with Mezakovic, they're the same, basically the same thing, Pushkash Akademia, that we, we talk about all the time. But, when these big clubs from the big cities, like Sombatai, uh, like Haladosh, and, and Jor, I guess, and, um, I guess it's hard to say Jor and Page, but, um Banya, Sopron, all these kind of clubs, um, their fans don't bring a lot, so, so I don't know. If they did, and you had like when we had Zaliger, Sheg in the second tier, and we really wanted to see them back, like that—that's different. But when they—when these teams are sadly missed with their fans, their fans aren't sadly missed. Yeah, Fair, well, yeah. Sort yourselves out first before you start complaining.
0: Mm, and it's and it and it's obviously the teams with the good away support as well that makes the you know you know the home games are the, the home fans are going to come out more if they know that, that you know teams are going to bring more away fans and there's more of an a- a- atmosphere. Um, but that's sort of few and far between. Friday, Honvey, Wepešt, Diosture. That's it for me in the top flight in terms of away attendances that are going to turn up sort of hardcore anywhere. Um, but, you know, in, in these sort of, as we've seen before, with Paige and everyone like that, I to, even their last game that where, where it was the end of the football club, you know, you could have walked in and bought a ticket for 400 foreign on the day. That shouldn't be, you know, should be out of sight, shouldn't it? You, you know, yeah. hanging off of the floodlights and things like that. So I think, yeah, you know... He has a point in terms of if if you were to look at look at the the league um and it being spread around the country and the major cities like you say towns and cities but as to what they bring to the table it's just not not enough for me i'm afraid um one of the big clubs um chris Zala Egeshek, um we've lauded them all throughout these podcasts. They've been phenomenal. They've been, um, we keep saying phenomenal with them. We, we do. I'm, I must apologise. They've been bang average. Um, no, they've been great. They've been great. They've brought a lot to it. Their, their football has been brilliant. Um, when I look at the table, they finished four points off relegation, but nine points off of a European place. Huge building blocks for next season, Chris. Do you expect them to be challenging for that third third place
2: yeah i mean first of all just looking at that table and seeing the 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 swing from uh, the closeness from relegation to a european spot just talks about the competitiveness of the clubs that came in and i think the thing that really surprised us about zaler agashag was that um they they were they're a promoted team and maybe we expected them because they have um You know, the name, they've been there before and all that maybe to do well. But over and over again, I think what we saw was this isn't just a good-ish promoted side. This is a really good quality side that had some bad luck in the first half of the season where they had some uh, dropped points that very, very easily could have uh, pushed them a lot closer to the top half and maybe even towards um, uh, a podium spot. This season. And then um, watching players like Rado and uh, Bobal and um, uh, Tamash I mean, players that that I think will stick around because I think they they also can see that this is a club that has um, some history. This is a club that has a little bit of money. This is a club that's in a larger city. Um, This this should be a club, I think, next season that um, that can challenge for a top four spot. Um, Or, you know, if if they want to go this route, just um, win the cup, (laughs) you know, because uh, they do have the quality. They definitely have an attacking mindset. Um, And um, it was fun watching them uh, at the end. There was nothing to play for um, uh, playing their last game yesterday and then just delighting the crowd with Babati's goal. I mean, the the way that he (laughs) – the way that he stole the ball uh, as a defender, turned around, and then just launched it from midfield um, over over the goalkeeper and under the bar was just... What a perfect way to end the season, wasn't it, for them? And then really look forward to a, a great second season back up in the tough light.
0: It was a really, really good game to watch as well. It was, you know, kind of billed as a dead rubber before the game. But um, it was really really entertaining probably one one of the best games of of the season um tom ten draws seems to have you know been been their achilles heel um this season only Pushka's academy with 12 had had more than them they've got the players to turn those wins in that those draws into wins is it just a little bit of in inexperience maybe with these guys they're kind of this second half of the season they've got their belief back. Rado, Bobao, Listen, keep that team together. They're gonna to start learning and they'll do a lot better, Tom, do you think?
1: Yeah, I really think so. Um, yeah, a little bit a little bit more gelling um together as a team that there were a lot of players. They brought in a lot of players um last summer. Um and and quality quality players obviously and that's the reason why they've been so good in this in this last period now they've kind of gelled a bit more together and yeah if they keep their players um they've got a, a couple on loan i think Pomosh and um Berla and Katanec. so if they get, if they get those in on a permanent basis keep their um their stars which i think they will um in in the likes of Bobal and Rado. um i also really like nikola mitchicic i think i've probably said that a lot he was massively fired up at the weekend as well, which is awesome to see against his his, his former club in in vidy um yeah i think i think they've got a real chance of of doing really well again next season um they've obviously they're obviously a club with with massive history they've got a um a a massive fan base so I think the potential for them to 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 go on to be something major a major player again in this league is is there I think they've got all the building blocks in place Um, it's kind of weird because they've been down in in the second tier for so long now we almost forget about kind of what they were like at the start of the um, start of the century they obviously beat Man United in that Champions League qualifier didn't they Uh, and Man United, which is containing the likes of uh Roy Keane, Paul Scholes, David Beckham, Ryan Giggs. Um, who was it? I can't remember his name. Uh, he scored that last minute goal, didn't he? The push cash for ink Um, yeah, can you remember his name?
0: Yeah, I can see him with the long hair.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember him just diving. It was like a
0: last minute, yeah,
1: typical Hungarian goal. I can't remember. (laughs) Um, but well,
0: yeah, justice.
1: And, <laughs> I think though, I remember a story about him that he 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 said it was one of the worst things he's ever done in life because he ap- apparently like everywhere he went for the next like five years, everyone was just going mad. Like it was like like they were like, oh my god, it's you. Like <laughs> oh, he said he said it was just awful, and like he, he got like he had like depression and stuff and. Like, yeah, like really, he said it was like the worst thing that ever happened to him, which is, um, yeah, kind of sad,
0: really, especially after such a... It was um, Koplarovic.
1: Oh, Koplarovic, yeah, of course. <laughs> I remember the commentary he only now. He played on in the
0: 83rd minute as well. <laughs> really? played came on in the 83rd and scored in the 90th.
1: I think he was just a journeyman, wasn't he? He was just a, just a bang average midfielder. Who just happened to pop up at the right place at the right time to beat Man United. But yeah, um it, I think it'd be awesome if they um if they um put in some put in a bit more cash and, and really go for it next season. It'd be interesting to see what video like. They've been very average the second half of the season on their carrillo. So like maybe if they get everything right there'd be like a, a potential for them to to maybe finish second or third. It, it all depends on on um, who they sign and if they keep the right players. But to end the season with the top two goal scorers in the league, that's pretty impressive in itself, to be honest. And obviously, we know how good they've been over the last few games. And they're just really good to watch. Um, like you say, that game against Vidi was really good, toe-to-toe, end-to-end. And that goal, just unbelievable. But Tom, that
0: um, finishing with a top goal scorers in the league has to come with the caveat that it's uh, the lowest ever (laughs) total 13 goals
1: that is really
0: bad isn't it um, to win the top scorer 33 games in the season and 13 goals (laughs) top goal scorer um, that's pretty poor, isn't it even when you think Friday won 23 games out of the thirty. they lost 3 games all season um Scored fifty-eight goals. Yeah, his here's, here's, uh thirteen goals <laughs> wins it. It's just bizarre, isn't it? That's weird. It's
1: so weird because you think of like, um, Bolly. Um, you, you feel I feel like he's had a good season, and you see him every game, and he he looks good, and he he's kind of you you think he's quite lethal when he gets into mm-hmm. position, but he only scored ten, and like Lanza Farmer was up there at the at one point and I, I don't even know if he scored in this winter season uh, um, when we came back from lockdown yeah it's, 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 it's weird because someone said to me on Twitter, a couple of people said to me on Twitter, it's the uh, low quality of the league but I don't even think it is, I think the quality is arguably at its highest it's ever been yeah. so for this to kind of I don't know it's, it's weird, it's just strange it's funny that Fetchison's still on there with eight goals, and he left in January.
0: <laughs> Chris, when we talk about, obviously uh, Tom mentioned then Zalaegerszeg having, you know, hopefully an injection of cash and things like that to build on. When we when we're talking about these teams pushing on, we're seeing what's in front of them. When we look at it in in terms of the football that's being played on the pitch, But obviously what's going on around the pitch. Uh, in terms of money, has a massive influence That Let me give you some figures, um, Chris. So these are the budgets that the Hungarian football clubs are working on, okay? So Friday, obviously, at the top, um, at, at £5 billion foreign a year, which equates to uh, just under £13 million, pounds, um you left us, I think it's there where they're about dollars wise as well for you there, Chris, uh, next is video ton, um, 4 billion. Um, these figures don't include the Europa league and stuff like that. The income from this as well. So like that, that's, you know, huge next on that list is Pushkas Academy 3 billion forints. Okay. So the, 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 teams, as it's panned out, the teams that have finished first, second and third, had the highest sort of, um, you, you know amount of money five billion, four million and three million. When we look at the others, okay, uh Cap-Rush-Far finished bottom. Their budget was um one billion uh foreign okay so that's uh about two and a half million pounds something like that um, all the other clubs the average is between anywhere between one and two billion the gap there is enormous isn't it so in terms of um, the league, it's going to be the usual suspects every year, isn't it?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like that's how a lot of leagues are set up, though, isn't it? You know, there's there's always the, the one or two that have a lot of money. Um, but what we've seen, um, you know, that doesn't ensure it, but it definitely – you would think with that kind of uh, – <laughs> Uh, disparity that Friday wouldn't even allow a goal in this league, um, you know, with, with the kind of money that they have. Um, but you know, again, it's uh, it only gets you the players on the pitch. It only gets you the manager. You still need to to bring something to the to the table, um, you know. And uh, what we've seen is we've seen some other um, you know teams that have come up and they've had a little bit of heart and they've played with uh, lesser talent, but have done better. But I think you're the the statistic that you just um, uh, laid out for us, though, is that the top three teams this season uh, have spent the most money. Um, I think on average, that's that's probably what you're looking for. And, um, you know, uh, I I don't know what that really does to the league, quite honestly. Um, uh, You know, I mean, I, I feel like competition is competition. I feel like we're Uh, anyone who watches Hungarian football knows that, that Friday and Vidi are going to be the two teams that everyone's going to be looking out for. Um, you know, but, um, uh, there is more money coming in to the league, whether it's laundered or legal, or I have no idea, but I mean, it's, it's definitely a quality that, um, um, I don't see in a lot of other European leagues, and I think it's getting better. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think uh, when you have that kind of disparity, you're gonna you're gonna have those two or three teams that are gonna dominate most of the time, and um, who, who've been the last four. I mean, other than Hanved it's been Terence Virus and Vidi, right?
0: Yeah, and can say in terms of um the the positions that they finished in the table has been exactly as to their budget which is like really really bizarre as well um it's it's just strange like in this transfer window we're likely to see for instance Kai Havertz go Real Madrid Chelsea wherever he might be um and the figure that they're talking about is him going for around about 85 million euros um Is that value for money? Well, if I tell you that €85 million would buy you every single player in MB (laughs) one 311 of them, I know where my money's on. Can I have it? Yeah. (laughs) Versus everyone. (laughs) Bizarre, isn't it? How we can have, like I say, that... It sounds enormous, doesn't it, when we talk about five billion foreign? But twelve million pounds is the kind of money that a club in the English Championship it would buy an average player for.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I think Mohamed Besic is still the most expensive player in the Hungarian league of all time. I think he went for less than five million euro. Um, it's kind of mad, isn't it? I don't. I just, I don't I can't remember how many there is. I think there's only like twelve players that have ever gone for more than a million euro in the Hungarian league. Um, yeah, it's it's kinda mad. Um, just the disparity. And and there's no wonder like our teams always struggle in Europe when, when this is the case. Um like and you you feel there's you feel there's a lot of quality in the league at the moment. You do th- you think that like you fell in of are arguably as good as what we've ever had in this division. And the, the amount of depth that they've got, you think of like their bench yesterday. Um, they had Heister on there. They had Roland Varga, who just basically can't get in the team anymore. Ladizzo, who who came over from Argentina, has gone back now, we've barely played a game. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it, it, it's kind of mad how there can be such a disparity in our league. Um, you obviously just spoke about there, like the top two miles miles ahead, and then you talk about Kai Havertz going for 80 million. I mean, there's obviously levels to football, but the levels are becoming a lot more disparate, and it's only going to get worse. You imagine until until probably a super league is created, and and um, yeah, where will we will be then, I, I no idea, but. But it's funny as well because it's not like it's not like it's always been this way. Because you think of I know it's kind of silly just to to um, compare us to the golden team, but there's no other country in the world which have had the quality of Hungarian football teams um, that Hungarian teams that were and now the level that we're at. Like there's no other league that's ever been like that.
0: Wow. You, can,
1: you can you can maybe compare us to a little bit like. To Yugoslavia, obviously, Red Star won the league in uh, won the Champions League in I think 1990. But that's a little bit different because Yugoslavia doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but like Hungary, it's still the same country. This is obviously like post-Trion when we were good, um, and we had those. We had the best teams in the world. We had Honved, we had Ferencvaros, Car and stuff. They were all like very good teams. The Hungarian league in general was one of the best leagues in the world at the time. And now we've got one of the worst. There's no other country in the world that has has ever, ever gone through this. No. And and it's it's never going to get better. Um, we've just kind of just got to hope that I don't know that that Forrest do something in Europe this season. The only, it's only the only sad thing I find with this, like. We've obviously there's a lot of money being pumped into Hungarian football at the moment, but it's obviously all comes with this political edge to it. It's all tainted money. It's not like it's all being put in for the right reasons. It's all tainted. It's kinda of sad. Um we, we all know about the, the inequality that exists in foot in football, but um it's never more stark um than when you actually look at the figures themselves.
0: Mm. And Chris the, these are the top five players in Hungary at the minute with the highest market value, which I, I feel are bizarre. Let me get your thoughts on this. Okay. The first player, number one, highest market value in Hungary is Nemanja Nikolic. Number two is Loik Nigo. Number three is Somalia. Number four is Ayel. And number five, Ivan Petriak.
1: That, I guess four of that. Sorry, just to put in about four of them. Five players are over thirty, then aren't they?
0: I, I don't even get how Somalia is on the list. He's made like I think a couple of substitute appearances and maybe one start, two starts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's strange, isn't it, Chris? Do you want to do you want a job scouting players in Hungary?
2: Well, I, I kind of do, but um, yeah, I mean, if I was going to start a team, um, I'm not sure. I think I would take Nigo um maybe siel i mean there's no doubt that they're good players and um but again the market value comes from what they've done in the past obviously and if you're looking ahead to the future um you know that that that, those aren't the players that i want to i want to start a club with or that i want to you know uh reach towards the future towards future success as tom mentioned um Nico, Somalia, S. I. L. are all over 30. Um, I think Nigo's getting close, isn't he? Um, and uh, and Petriac's not a spring chicken anymore. But um, I, you know, are they're, they're good. Those are good players, um, and um, probably I would say top 20 players within the within the league. But um, uh, what was the original question again? I, I'm just like, how, how do these guys?
0: Do you, do? You, I mean, look at Friday's team this season, yeah. uh, and obviously Issael's in there. Um, Somalia, like I say, who's, who's been a bit part since returning. This list's all wrong, isn't it? Even Nikolic hasn't been anywhere near his best.
2: No, but again, I don't think this. I don't think that uh, the the transfer market value um, really is honestly that accurate especially with a league like this because you have a lot of players that have done well in other leagues and they come back here and I think some of that's residual you know I look at a player like Tukmak, who I would take you know I would choose first because he's a young player he's got some pace he has a nose for goal I think he's one of the best players in the league but what's 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 his value compared to uh, to Nico's value you know probably a, a very small percentage uh, it's growing but I mean, that's the player that I would be looking at. Um, you know, Frank Boley, where's he? Uh, Zubkov, where's he? You know, these are players that I think that are, that are uh, far more impactful for a team like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're not, we're not seeing them anywhere. Um, but, um, you know, uh, you look over at, uh, at Vidi and, um, Nico's up there. I mean, he scored five goals this season and 14 appearances. um, uh, Petriak, six goals, 10 assists. I mean, so so him probably being one of the more impactful players. Um, Armin Hodzic is another player that I think, um, even though that I think he's limited, he definitely knows how to score. I mean, he scored 10 goals in this league. That's not bad. Uh, but for Vitti, um, you know, yeah. To answer your question, no. I don't think that, that those are the, the best players that are out there. I just think that that, that number... Um, that transfer transfer market value in a league like this is more residual from what they've done than 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 really a true value uh,
0: understood um let's get back to the league guys we went way off topic topic there i i, I it's a subject I, I really really like um i, I hope the guys listening at home will We'll uh, we'll have some interest in that at all. I always find it very, very um kind of deep to get into those kind of things. But getting back to uh this end of season roundup, um slap bang in the middle of the table. Um Chris, you're a supporter. Um Tom, not so much of a supporter these days. We um look like I mean, they were not really in relegation trouble the last game they could have gone down it would have took some weird occurrences to happen in the end they uh, they won 5-0 uh, it was a walk in the park massive massive change um we we spoke before about the new manager coming in what do you see for these guys um next season tom
1: yeah he's had a he's had a hell of an impact really um i don't really know what kind of the future holds for them. Like their team is I mean the team's very very similar to what it's been over the past two or three years. I think it's it's kind of they've got some good players in there, um that can overachieve and underachieve. Um they're probably they're not a team that are like I they're not like Zaligershag, for example, who have got the talent in there to really make a push for the top two or three. Um, and they're probably... I mean, they're a team that might go down if they have a bad season, but probably just enough in there to keep them at bay, um, like this season. I i think they'll just be, again, mid-table, to be honest. Um, I don't think the owners really care if they are mid-table again next season then they're not going to be investing massively um, over the summer to to try and push them to, to where the fans believe they should be um, yeah I just think that I think they'll be pretty much in the same boat lower to mid-table um, if they get off to a bad start they could be could be down there they'll probably bring in a manager to try and save them I think it'll be almost like deja vu for them next season. I, just, I don't think there's enough quality in there for it to be any different, to be honest.
0: Chris, as a fan, um, you're going to see things a little bit different to, to me and Tom. Um, what do you feel personally this team needs? Um, you look like you've got the right guy at the helm now. Um, but is he going to be a builder or is he merely papering over the cracks
2: yeah let me just say too that there are a lot bigger bigger supporters of WePesh than I I mean I'm a I'm kind of a carry-on here for the last three or four years but um uh and then there's a lot of passion that goes into that and, and Tom I was really surprised that you hate them so much so that really kind of you know that hurts but I get it you it's, know? it's <laughs> nothing personal Chris Yeah, of course. obviously <laughs> it's good um <laughs> But I, no, I think, I think we've, we've talked about this, you know, moving forward, this is a, this is a club that has, um, history. They have a good su- support base. They're in a big city. Um, you know, they have a pedigree what they have is a shit owner. I mean, and quite honestly, if, if you're going to start somewhere, I think as, as a club, you've, you've got to sort it out now. I don't know if the change in the crest and the change in manager um, is enough. You know, I think Rogan was the right person at the right time for these last few games. Um, you know, winning five of the last seven, who would have thought <laughs> two months ago? Because I, I think, you know, when we first started this whole thing, I, I tipped them for going down based upon Nabosha being the manager and the current state of that club's mentality. So what Rogan did coming in and just willing those players to get over the line and with such a flourish, I mean, again, winning five of the last seven and then finishing off the season uh, at home with a five nil win and watching Shimon getting four goals, four assists in the last five games, that's a spark. That's really neat. And that's going to be really fun to, to talk about the next couple of weeks or whatever until the next season starts, but Tom, you're right. I mean, starting in August, they're facing the same issues: low talent, a poor owner, with very little regard for, I think, the future of this club, other than what it means for his pockets, and that's bad news for Weipers. I
0: will uh, let me add that I, I completely get and back the fans' um, issues with with everything that's gone on behind the scenes of that club uh, and I and I do 100% fully however if we look at the attendances over the last games that they've had they've been up there with they've been better than anything they've had over the, the last number of years 3000 were there um for the last game of the season let's say against who may have had like, you know, 10 fans there, something like that. So the fans have have come back in their numbers. Um, So what's this saying to the ownership now um, at at this point in in, in their history? Because next season, if they're challenging, the fans are going to come through the door. Or is this purely down to people
2: have been locked away and needed a release? Look, all the pubs and restaurants are closed. Where else are they going to go? You know, that's all I have to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a pandemic. Push.
0: But they're not, that's they're right. not in Budapest, Chris. That's the thing. You know, you, you can kind of, there's there's a level of normality in Budapest now. Um, it, it's just crazy. Like, obviously, the upturn in fortunes now, now Naboja has gone on on the on terms of the football pitch. It's clearly like, you know. So a fan that's a diehard fan has gone home and, and said to his, his friend, um, that might be a, you know, floating supporter guys, come and see what they're doing down there on the pitch. Now it's, it's nothing like what we've had before They're They're, they're really, really playing for the shirt. And has going, oh, okay, I'll, I'll have a look. The owners now must be like, hang on a minute. <laughs> the guys are turning up now. I wonder if it's,
1: they've, started coming out because of the hatred. Like, has kind of the anti ducile um fervour kind of become so great that like the the fans are just just wanna go out and like, I don't know, moan a lot and get angry and all that kind of stuff. The stuff that all your best fans are very good
0: at. Like, but they haven't done that over the the, the say that the games haven't given them opportunity to do that
2: Hmm. because
0: they're they're a winning football team um they're playing some good football they're scoring goals um players players are sort of up to gear haven't they it's kind of something to get behind
1: yeah 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 maybe um i just don't know if that i just don't think that's gonna last though because because are just a team that look like they're just gonna stagnate again next season I kind of feel sorry for the. I mean, I I think, um, I think my words, rightly, uh, I feel like all your fans are the most troublesome in the league. Um, so I don't particularly like them, but I, I I feel that I feel kind of sorry for them, sympathetic, um, for their plight because they have, they have obviously like massive potential like Zalaegerszeg, but. They're kind of just being held back. So, and and fair enough that they have come out like massively for um, for these last few games. But I just don't I just don't see that this that's going their club's going to change at all. It I, I I think I've made this point a couple of times on the pod, but they just remind me so much of Newcastle. I have a massive fan base um, and all the desire to become like a big club, but they've just got an owner who's just
0: holding them back. I think before we get deeper into that, we should um we should quickly move on. Aaron, if you're listening, I know you're a big fan, um, get in touch with us. Let let, let us know how, how um how it's been for you. Have you have you decided to go back or or what? It's a it's a curious situation for sure. Um guys, the cup winners, the magnificent guys in black and red, the Budapest Honved finished in fifth place. Um I don't know how I feel about this season. Fifth place seems um an odd kind of end position for us because I don't feel as if we've been we've been as good as that. Um 36 goals scored in a, in in the season is um is very poor. I know we've you know had sort of 1-0 wins here and there and, and but Chris what do you think? What have you what have you made of them?
2: Um, this is one of the teams that we talked about that um, seemed to turn things around with, uh, with Pishant coming in and, and um, kind of doing what Rogan did with Weepest. Um But that was before they lost three of their last four. Now they had already won the cup. They were already in uh, Europe and all that kind of stuff. But um, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't really the, the way that you wanted to end the season. Was it, um, you know, you had a chance to, uh, to, to really put guys academia uh, kind of back in their place in a sense, and, and they really kind of failed with that, didn't they? Um, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, I, you know, I, I don't. There's, there's a lot that's good there. There's a lot of really good players um, on this team, and uh, when I think of uh, Hanved, I, I don't think of Lanzafama, quite hon- quite honestly. Um, but I think of, you know, players like Goshdang, um, Ugray, um, Kukoc, um, you know, players like Love Rich and, uh, you know, players that just have some backbone to them. Um, so, I, I mean, I, f- I feel like they still have uh, some really, really good players on that team. Um, you know, watching uh, Toyville also Uh, play as well as he did yesterday and it's just really like him always have um you know i i I think i i don't don't think they're going to go very far in europe i don't think they're a team that's built for that um but i do think that um you know they're they're going to be a team that's going to stay in the top half Uh, i think they really need to add uh, some more scoring. I don't know what's going on with with Lonza Fama. Do you guys know? I mean, uh, was he injured? Is he? is he forgotten? Did he go back to Italy? What What happened to him at the end of the season? Anybody know? No, Nothing not. official. Nothing official yet. Um, my personal feeling is, is that coming back. It's sorry. <laughs> is David Ingog coming back? <laughs> <laughs> we got to find him first.
0: Yeah, sure. I I just feel, uh, Lanza Farmer's been great. He's been um, he's been a revelation to watch. It's been brilliant for the club. He's thirty three now.
2: Yeah,
0: does that desire still, or do we need to start building for something going on in the future? Because um, a player you mentioned there. Um, Tom, Daniel Gazdag is only 24 years old. This kid is fantastic. Go what an incredible goal he scored last week. Um, I think if you look at the top five goals of the season, he's got two. Um a, a brilliant midfielder. I, I think this guy's fantastic. Um holding on to him might be a problem, but surely you've got to build around this guy. Um and i just feel like they need someone fast up front that's going to play off him going to make these runs and everything like that and Lanza Pharma is not going to be able to do that is he
1: yeah i am um, i i i think he'll go i i i i don't i don't know if if you guys agree but i feel like he um he just didn't have the desire anymore he just doesn't have the desire anymore I mean, even in that cup, finally, he wasn't particularly there. Um, and he's, he's spoken about not wanting to live the rest of his life in Hungary. I think, I think it might be just um, time that he goes now, to be honest. He's not going to want to be a bit part player um, at um, a club like Honved. And I think that's all he will be now, to be honest. If that desire is not there, he's not going to be... Um, He's not going to be the player he is, or he can be. Um, And do you want a player like that that's moping about? Because he will mope. We know that. Mm -hmm. He's a moaner. Um, So, yeah, I think it's just best for everyone that he goes. I don't know where the hell he'll go. I can't imagine he's liked that much in Italy after his match-fixing scandal thing. He kind of came back to Hungary... As kind of last, like a last refuge, really. Um, those um, like four or five years ago, um, when he returned. So yeah, I don't know. I think he'll probably go back to Italy. He might even retire. He's getting to that age, isn't he.
0: I think his his contracts up as well. Um, you know, at, at the end of at the end of this season as well. So, like you say, I I I feel maybe like. Um, Series C or B or something like that gets him his move back home doesn't it so and uh Ugray's been a been a revelation as well for us he's been a been a different player um George is gonna gonna return to his parent club um he scored didn't he the weekend he did yeah it's like a farewell gift um but yeah I I, we need we need a player to, to, to go up top and uh and I think we'll sort of have a pretty good, um, uh, you know, season next year. But you know, as I say, a pretty good season would we'll be finishing third or fourth or winning the cup again. So, <laughs> it'd be, so
1: it'd be interesting to see what happens, like with, like you say, God's Dog. because he he has been class and he's been quality for a few years. Even when he was like coming through and he was quite young um, in the season when they won the title, he was he was quality. He's kind of just um, he's kind of got better and better, but he's not. Really been one of those players who who's been linked with a lot of moves away, Um, and obviously he's he's spent his time at Honved, not going to one of the bigger clubs in the league. It'd be interesting to see what happens to him next season. I just I don't think they'll hold on to him. I don't.
0: No, I I don't feel they will either. But however, the teams that are that that have the money to to prize him away in Hungary, um, is he a good fit there? not. Friday, I don't think so. Uh, Viddy, I think, would definitely benefit from him. Um, going to Pushkas Academy, well, he better not show his face back in Budapest <laughs> if that move was to happen. So I'm, I'm kind of keeping, keeping hopeful. Um, guys, fourth in the table. Uh, just missed out on that European place um, that would have capped an unbelievable season. Um, fourth in the league, a cup final, uh, and just missing out on Europe. Rezikovic, um revelation. What do you think of, that, of those guys this season, Chris?
2: Well, I mean, just watching Attila Couture yesterday um, during the match, you could you could just see it. I mean, he just seemed outside of himself, like wondering what what on earth has gone on i mean they won just one um of their last eight what does that tell you i I feel i feel like they kind of went all in on the cup and that was it they were done for uh they punched above their weight there's no doubt i mean i think this was a team that we thought over and over again okay they're gonna fall off they're gonna fall off they're gonna fall off and they didn't and then um the pandemic hit and they had they they kind of finished with a flourish, and were thinking, oh my goodness, if this thing starts off again, these guys may make a run. And then, and then you know they they went all in on the cup. They didn't win it. They made it to the final, which is huge, I think, for a team like that. Um, but this is a team that uh, I think towards the end of the season really kind of faced up to some of some of the um, the, the the holes in their lineup. I mean, they. Um, they were punching above their weight quite a bit. They still are a team that doesn't have a star. I think they, they played off the whole... I mean, if we're talking about money equaling uh, success, um, you know, they, they've got some good players. Um, I, I think they have one of the better um, goalkeepers in the league in, in Sapanos. Um, you know, again, we always go back to Thomas Cherry, uh, Daniel Nodge. Um, uh, Boodoo had a great... Uh, Ziv Zavad, he, he had a great season, I think, in his first season for them. Um, you can just go straight down the line. Um, Karnitsky in defensive mid, uh, Baric. So, I mean, they're good players. But, um, you know, I, I think ultimately this is a team that uh, uh, punched above their weight for long enough and it caught up with them. And the, I think the the last stretch of the season, it just kind of showed that that they were – um, they just didn't have enough left in the tank they've um, They've made a a
0: signing uh, last week who's um, become their record signing actually. Um, Alexander Torvond who has um, joined from Starbuck in uh, Norway. Um, a bit viddy. Me, sorry. Used to be Vinny, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He started his career at React, uh, youth level, MTK, Vossh. Uh, Vinny reserves was as sort of good as he got. It got for him um, before he made that move over to Norway. Um, so he's back. Uh, he's a goal-scoring centre forward. Next season, do you think um, they'll go back to being the team, Tom, that we expect them to be, or? Have they built great things that can uh, be built even further upon obviously there's there's some money to come in there we know where from um do you expect them to be down the bottom um i think they'll
1: i think they'll be i think they'll be okay um i think they've got a good manager i've got i think they've got um a good squad i don't think they'll lose a lot of players um they'll probably bring in a few fresh faces. I'd be interested to see what Torvald like because um, he was hyped up massively as a kid um, and obviously his move to Norway not turned out great he barely, barely played over there I don't think um, so yeah um, I, think, I think they'll just be pretty much like a mid-table team next season um, I, I don't think they'll be challenging for the top Three or four places. I think it will be. Um, I think that would be a big ask of them. I think this season um, was kind of their chance of European football, and I think Couture kind of knew that. I think that's why he was so exasperated as the the kind of the season went on, and we saw him like burst in that penultimate game of the season in his post-match conference, press conference. They've kind of thrown it away, and I don't think they'll they'll be there again next season.
0: Third meanest defence in the league as well. Um, Friday, Viddy, and then um, I, I You know, they're doing great stuff. I, for me, I just feel it's a bit of a one season wonder for them. Um, however, we're not that many days away from the start of the new season. So the guys should be at full sort of fitness um, for, for when it starts. And if they can kind of hit the ground running, then, uh, then who knows? Um, finishing third in the table, uh, qualifying for Europe in their for the first ever time, um, in their, in their short history is everyone's favorite Pushkush Academy. Chris, let's forget about all the politics that surround them and look at them purely as a football inside. Well deserved, you think?
2: I, yeah, I, you have to say it's well deserved. I mean, they. They 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 did it honestly. I mean they 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 did the results when they counted. You know they they got the points where they needed them. I mean think about it. They lost only twice since January in 17 games. Um, that's that's a great run for a team like that. Nobody none of us were talking about really Pushkas being uh, someone that we would see in the top three uh, throughout the season. You know consummate mid-table side, uh, middling manager. They're doing okay. They've got some good players. But, I mean, honestly, who who of us was talking about Pushkas Academia being in third place <laughs> in February, May, even early June, you know? But to see a team like this come through and get the results, this is the difference between a team like Seg, who couldn't turn those draws into wins or losses into draws and a team like Pushkas, who who has. I mean they they just really impressed me. And that's saying a lot because there is a level of hate, honestly. I and mean, I, deserved or undeserved, I, I don't know. I've kind of joined the bandwagon because it's fun. because um, they're they're a weird club. They really are. Um, but you have to love a guy like David Banachek who came from hearts who is nobody. <laughs> And he scores 11 goals in his first season and really just, you know, grabbed this team. Um, Nezavich, who's a consummate on this team, um, co- contributed as well. Uh, but seeing players like uh, Thomas Meissner, Yol Van Neef, um, and then again, Kamen Hajiyev coming back uh, and playing as well as they did. You know, um, Horniak did a really good job in turning this team into a team that knew how to grind out results and they did it. And so fair play to them. And Tom,
0: obviously they're going to be representing Hungary in the Europa league um, for how long we don't know. Um, And that's not a dig at them because so many of our teams have failed at the first hurdle over the years. It's kind of a gimme really, but the attention is purely going to be on the background of the club and obviously their stadium does that give them an advantage in the fact that they'll be underestimated um, in football in terms?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, Like you say, all of our teams struggle in Europe, so it will be tough for them, but like, it all depends on the draw. You can, you can kind of get through maybe the first two rounds, um, like almost without, without even thinking about it. If you get, if you get a nice draw and, and, and for those that don't know the new Europa league for this season because of all the corona stuff is they're only gonna be like the qualifiers are only gonna be one legs so that could be a massive help um having just a home leg to to navigate through um could really set them on like they could they could do something they could they've got a good squad there they've got experienced players like um like chris was just saying in, in like the likes of van neef. Uh, Giercio, who's played European football before, he's probably played for Hungary. Nezevich. Um there's some some like decent players in there, and and it, and you'd think that they would add players to their squad. Um, they're in a position now where they finally that money that they have spent is finally paid dividends, and they've made European football, which I guess was their aim when when they came up to Mb1 all those years ago. Um, and they changed their name and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think they'll be just going to into Europe to to have a little fairy tale journey and this be a one-off like it would have been for Mezackovac if they'd have got there. I think they'll take it seriously, and I think I think they they could shock a couple of teams. Um, at their best, we've seen them um, beat Varos this season. I think they beat Vidi as well. Um, so we've seen them in 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 our league be very good so why can't they do that in europe um i don't think i don't think they'll qualify by any means um i think there's four qualifying stages for them to get through and and because they um won't be seeded obviously they've never played in european football before and they there's some obviously amazing teams that they can play in europe they might even end up getting someone like like Wolves or Man United or um, something daft like that. So mm-hmm. this, <laughs> you can't imagine them beating anyone like that. But if they play a few like Latvian teams, um, some teams from the Balkans, y- yeah, you don't know how far they'll get. To be honest, it's going to be interesting. I I think I think um, obviously we know what none of us like push cash that we don't really like what they stand for, but in a if we're being greedy and we're we're going after those coefficient points, I think they're the third best team to represent Hungary in European football over Mezekovic and I think they're more well equipped to to give Hungary um to put on on a bit of a show. We've seen so many teams um down the years get into European football and just just crash out at the first in the first stage. My team Holodosh did that. Um, I can remember the likes of Potch have been there in the past, catch, commit, um, and they, they've all just just gone out in the first couple of rounds. So um, I think push cash could really, um,
0: yeah, could could maybe do something. And talking of Poch, um, it's only nine years ago where they played five games. Um, Europa League games in the qualifying and lost only one they beat Santa Coloma 4-0 uh, a 1-1 draw with Tromso a 3-0 win away in Tromso uh, a 1-1 draw with Hearts before crashing out 4-1 to Hearts anything can happen and like I say with this new format it's a brilliant, brilliant chance for, for all of our clubs really
1: That um, was when Birdo used to play for Pots exactly, back then wasn't yeah. it?
0: Fantastic. It was phenomenal. I mean, that's arguably one of the best um, runs that our teams have had in European competition, um, certainly over the last 10 years, um, by the big guys. Um, Chris Videoton finished in second place uh, as night turns to dark, uh, day rather. Um, I personally, I'm probably being too harsh. I really didn't think that much of them
2: they were kind of forgettable this season, weren't they? Um, they, they didn't really, um, there, there, there was a, um, a stretch where they uh, went unbeaten, I think for something like 10 games, but um, a lot of those were draws and, and, and they just kind of got to that point where they held in second place. I don't feel like they really ever gave Friday a run for their money. I feel like they were almost happy to be in second place. I think uh, Carrillo, came in and did a serviceable job. I, I, and I think that we expected, um, I don't know what we expected. I, mean, I, I guess I kind of felt like they would, they would have given um, Friday a little bit more of a push, especially with Nico coming in um, midway through the season. Um, even though he's older, he's definitely um, got the talent for a league like this to be able to um, produce a little bit more. I don't know. I just I didn't I didn't sense them as a dangerous side throughout the season, like we did in years past. Um, You know, even with uh, with Petriak, there was flashes of that. Um, uh, But I mean, yeah. I mean, when I think of when I think of them, this is to me almost a forgettable season for them. Second place is expected, right, for a team like this. So, um, you know, to to finish the season the way they did, uh, what, 13 points off the top is, I would say almost unacceptable. Um, but my two cents.
0: It, it's strange that, you know, we're talking a 33 game season that they only lost six yet. They're so far behind just shows sort of how far ahead they are. Um, and I just, think, I feel that gaps always, always going to be there in, in, in the, you know, distant future. Um, Tom, we finish at the, the top of the tree. Um, I, I kind of knew this from the moment the season kicked on, but um, Ferenc Varos, uh, worthy champions?
1: Yeah, 100%. Like I intimated earlier, I think they're one of the best teams we've had um, in the league since the fall of communism. I think the Ferenc Varos team that made the Champions League group stage in '95. They've got to be there. Um, I think Debretson, when they made the, the Champions League in '08, um, obviously there as well. And but I think I think you you'd put this French forest side very close to those two teams. Um, obviously, very, qualifying for Champions League is a lot harder than it was back in '95, and it's even harder than it was in 2009. There's more the rounds to go to go through, there's less spaces to to navigate through. Um and and they came they gave it a good good go in um in August and September time and obviously they ended up qualifying for the Europa League and they gave that a bloody good go as well and they were really good. Um like weren't too far off qualifying through the group stage themselves. They obviously beat Cisco Moscow. Um got a draw I think against Espanyol and they've walked the league at Cantor canter and you've not seen we've not really seen that we've not um seen that before really um I remember when Debrecen um Debrecen did win the league when they made the Champions League um all those years ago but they they didn't walk it like Ferencvaros have done this season and the league when when the time when they got to the um Europa League group stages um they didn't didn't win the league vidi didn't win the league in either of the two teams two times that they've made the Europa League group stage, so I think I think we, we probably underestimated how good froley have been this season to be able to balance both of those two things, which isn't easy to play on a Thursday night to play competitive games on a Thursday night and to be as competitive as they were in in their group stage, maybe as competitive as we've ever we've ever seen a, a Hungarian team in a group stage and to still yeah, still walk the league is is mightily impressive um, their team is class going forward it's just so exciting uh, Ishael, Tokmak Subkov Boli, I like, arguably there's never been a better four than that um in, in the league's history um since well, since the fall of communism, anyway, and and then you've got players like Roland Varga, quite even getting team, and Roland Varga is a Hungarian international. Is um, basically in the squad every every time it comes around. Um, they math-
0: them- a couple of seasons ago as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's, and and he 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 was kind of a pretty much a a first team, f- f- first teamer for Hungary at times. Um, started a lot of games. Um, they're they're mildly impressive, and and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with them in the Champions League. Um, like I say, it's very different this season because of the one the one leg thing, which might be a, a help or a hindrance. But I feel that if it was a two if it was a two legger thing, I think there's only teams from well your likes of your Ajaxes, your Celtics your Red Bull Salzburgs, which is kind of mad that they are all in. Um, Champions League qualifying which shows bloody just how hard it is to qualify um to qualify for the Champions League. I mean Slavia, Prague have got a lot of money in Czech Republic, Olympia Like there's a lot of tough teams to get past. Um so you don't know how well they'll do but um I think I think only a big team will be the the thing that will stop them getting into the Champions League this season. I think I really think they that good. I think they'll get in the Europa League um into the Europa League group stage at, uh, unless they get a really terrible draw. Um yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um they are, are amazing. Um and it's about time, I think. It's about time that club kind of got to this level.
0: Mm. And you know, I, I think 13 points Chris mentioned the, the the gap between first and second would have been even more if um, Friday hadn't strolled around um, since the title was clinched um, and I've had some bizarre results letting Park equalise in you know last minute and and things like that but yeah they, they took their foot off the gas for sure but still looked really really good which is quite scary for the rest of the league but Chris how long does it become acceptable for them to be this dominant, to be this good and not be competitive, i.e. in the, at least the Europa League group stages every season?
2: Well, I mean, I I think they have to, right? With this, um, with this kind of money, but I think what, what Tom said is the thing that matters. It really is the luck of the draw. You know, if you, uh, if you get a good draw and you get there, um, you know, I think a team like this though is, um, uh, I think you can expect a little bit more than just group stage. Um, you know, they're I think they're a team that could make it to the, uh, uh, to the round of, uh, 32, I think, right. Europa league starts with 32. Yes. Um, I, you know, I, I think, I think this is a team that can get there. Um, especially in the Europa league. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be it's got to be an expectation each and every year for a team like this. Excellent.
0: Guys, that's been a really insightful couple of hours um, and a really good conversation about all kinds of things. Um, Hungarian football, it was supposed to be an end of show special, but we went off on many tangents, um, enjoyable all the same. And I hope everyone listening has uh, enjoyed it as well. Um, we're out of time for today but make sure you stay tuned for the next episode where we will talk the future of Dominic Soberschlei and also Hungary's chances in the uh, Euro- uh, European uh, Euro 2021 um, now we know that we've got a data set for our game with Bulgaria in the playoff and also the Nation League draw has been uh, made as well so we'll be discussing those and also, um, an honourable mention has to go out to Roland Uhas and uh, Vinicius, two um, incredible players who have ended their career, with video time at least. Where will they be on the next episode? We'll discuss that too. As always... Please have a listen back to the other podcasts. Um, There's some great stuff, some great interviews on there. And we look forward to talking to you next time around. In the meantime, stay safe. Take care. Bye-bye.
2: Stay safe and uh, keep listening to the podcast.